0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus, Age Various By Jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash B for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hello New York Giants fans and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host Ed Valentine. Hope that all of you are staying safe, doing your part to uh help the uh to help end this pandemic by following guidelines, by doing social distancing, by staying home as much as possible hope you're uh, you're doing that and and hope that you're all safe and well as we as we try to get through this difficult time and uh, our responsibility here at Big Blue View and Big Blue View Radio is to provide you with as much of a distraction from uh, from all of that as possible talk a little New York Giants keep uh, keep your life as as normal as we can or at least this part of it as normal as we can And that's what we're going to try to do here today. A couple of Giants thoughts regarding free agency that I'll share today. And also, the bulk of our show will be an interview that I did with Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy, who recently tweeted some interesting thoughts that might apply to the New York Giants. So I asked him to come on and discuss those and some other draft-related topics. So once we get to that, hope that uh, that you enjoy that interview. Just wanted to hit a couple things first. Since we did our last show uh, this week, the Giants have made a couple of smaller moves in free agency, bringing back kicker-turner-slash-wide receiver Corey Coleman, and adding veteran running back Deion Lewis. Uh, both moves that uh, that I actually like very much. I'm glad to see Coleman who was a really really outstanding on kickoff returns in 2018. Glad to see him get another chance. He can be a playmaker for the Giants if he fully recovers from the torn ACL he suffered last year and, you know, maintains the the speed, you know, that made him a real threat on kickoff returns. He's never been You know, the wide receiver who really matched up to being the 15th overall pick that he was in the draft a few years ago. But, uh, you know, he's still young enough. He could still be productive. The Giants could still find a use for him in the passing game as a vertical threat. So we'll see what happens with, with Corey Coleman. Also, have been thinking that the Giants would at some point Add a veteran running back to uh, to back up Saquon Barkley, and that's what they did earlier this week in signing Deion Lewis, uh, formerly of the New England Patriots, and spending and who spent the last couple of years with the Tennessee Titans. Lewis, you know, is mostly a pass receiving threat at this point in his career. Maybe not the explosive player that he once was, but still a good addition for the Giants. Guy that can catch passes, guy that can be a security blanket for Daniel Jones, guy who's very good in pass protection. I would encourage you to uh go over to Big Blue View, take a look at the uh, the film breakdown of Lewis that Nick Filato did for us, it gives you an idea of of what Lewis's skill set is and what he can bring to the Giants. So uh, you know, and again, I would still like to see the Giants perhaps draft a big back a guy who can pound the ball inside to to help Saquon Barkley but uh, you know Lewis I look at as a as a useful addition to the Giants offense and uh, you know we'll see we'll see how it all plays out uh, you know in terms of did the Giants get better in free agency and you know probably they did but you know but we're going to have to wait and see you know once we see the product on the field and and this is going to be a difficult time for the Giants a difficult season with a rookie head coach a young coach like Joe Judge not being able to really have an off-season program i mean we're looking probably at not having any practices until training camp so you know normally rookie head coaches first year head coaches get extra time with their players they get a, a second A second mini camp, usually, and and it doesn't appear that the Giants are going to have the benefit of any of that, which is going to probably make the 2020 season much more difficult for Joe Judge and the Giants as they try to uh, to establish a a program and, and get things turned around in New York. All right, Giants fans, what I want to do now is play for you the interview that I did with Senior Bowl executive director jim nagy so what we'll do is we'll take a quick break for a word from our sponsors then we'll come back with that interview
2: support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference
1: All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Senior Bowl. Jim, thank you very, very much for uh, spending some time with me. Yeah, thanks. for uh,
3: appreciate you having me
1: on. Hope you and yours are, uh, are, are staying safe in these, uh, in these crazy times.
3: Yeah, we are. Everyone's, uh, we're all going through this together. It's, it's definitely weird, um, definitely strange, like you said, but we're, uh, we're, all, we're all taking the, the proper precautions.
1: Right, and uh, we're doing what we can here on the Valentine's Views podcast to, uh, to keep things as, as normal as we can in terms of covering the Giants. And Jim, I wanted to, I brought you on because I saw a really interesting thing that you tweeted uh, the other day. And, and when you tweeted this, it, it felt sort of like it was an arrow pointed straight at the New York Giants. And, and, and what I'm talking, to, talking about is, is your tweet... You know, saying that that any team that took an offensive tackle in the draft before taking you know defensive lineman Derek Brown or hybrid defensive player Isaiah Simmons was definitely drafting for need instead of drafting for best player. So I guess my question is: Were you thinking about the Giants when you tweeted that?
3: No, I, I actually wasn't. I was not. Um, I was just. Uh, it was more. Uh, you know, there's a narrative out there that this is just an elite tackle class, and I just disagree with that. Um, to me, there's not an elite one in this group. Um, there's not a Tyron Smith. Uh, there's not a Joe Thomas. There's, you know, there's just those guys are – you put on those guys on tape, and they just jump off tape, and they're, they're really easy to do. Like, all these guys, all the four juniors, um, Tristan Worth from Iowa, Andrew Thomas from Georgia – uh, Becton, Makad Becton from Louisville and, uh, and, and, Jedrick Wills from, from Alabama. They all have their strengths for sure, but none of them are like super clean prospects. You know, they all, they're all, they're all very different. Um, that's kind of who the consensus top four is. I don't even know if that's my top four, but, uh, that's who has everyone else's top four. And, uh, you know, none of those guys are, are the prospect. If you're, if you're just grading players, they're not to the level of Isaiah Simmons and Derek Brown. I mean, it's, it'd be almost impossible to make that argument based off tape. So, um, you know, it's, it's an ideal situation when you're drafting where, where need marries up with best player. And uh, you just you draft the player and it fills the need. And, that's, you know, that's ideal scenario. It doesn't happen all the time. Uh, it doesn't happen that often, actually. Uh, so you'll see teams kind of reach to fill that need. Um, and that's fine. I mean, I've been a part of teams that done that. We've made mistakes doing it that way. Um, to me, especially when you're drafting up high, uh, you know, top ten area, you just take the best player. I mean, you get a, you got a chance to get a, a blue chip guy that's going to go to, you know, multiple Pro Bowls and, and, you know, maybe can't someday drafting up that high. So um, that's all I was getting at. It wasn't specific to the Giants.
1: So actually, let's talk. Let's talk about the choice that the Giants have. Then um, there's a, you look out in the mock draft community and, and, and all of that, and, and I think there's a there's a, an expectation that the Giants will go offensive tackle, especially the way excuse me the way they handled free agency. Um, so it's kind of a two part question. What would you expect the Giants to do? At four, let's say Simmons and Brown are on the board, you know, and all of the offensive tackles are on the board. What would you expect them to do at four? And if it was your choice, what would you do?
3: Well, you know, I don't have the intimate knowledge of that roster like, obviously, Dave Gettleman and that staff has in terms of, you know, just the makeup of the players and all that. Um... Yeah, I mean, offensive line, offensive tackle is always a position that you'll see a lot of first-year GMs um, will go that route because they're pretty safe. Um, like those four tackles, I don't think any of them are going to bust. So if you're if you're trying to play the safe route, you know, you can you can pick one of those guys and plug him in and play with them. And you know, I think a couple of those guys are going to take their lumps early on because you know, to me, the most NFL-ready one is Jedrick Wills. He might have the lowest ceiling, but he's most ready to play right now um but you look at those giant teams when you know the super bowl winning teams they won because they were able to disrupt the quarterback and to me you got a chance to get a guy like Derek brown who can who can really affect quarterback from you know the interior those guys are really hard to find um it's one thing you know there is it's much easier to find edge pressure than it is interior pressure so To get a guy as disruptive as Derek Brown, um, that would be really hard to pass on. And then Isaiah Simmons, you know, you're almost drafting two or three players. Um, you know, I was talking to a pro personnel guy the other day from a team and he said that a third of NFL roster opening day rosters ended up on injured reserve this year. So that's a, I mean, that's a staggering statistic. Um, so if you take Isaiah Simmons, and you start him off playing the year, and he's playing safety for you. And a linebacker goes down; he's better than your next best linebacker, so you shift him there. You know, it just gives you a lot of flexibility. So, um, I mean, both those guys would be would be really hard to pass up. But to get a guy that can affect the quarterback from the interior, like Derek Brown, uh, be a be a hard guy to pass on.
1: So let's so let's play this out a little bit. You know, you're talking we're talking about the Giants. If they were, you know, obviously they have the need at, at offensive tackle. You know, Nate Solder has underperformed his contract. They just signed Cameron Fleming and, and he you know he may or may not be you know a guy that you want starting a full 16 games. So they have that need at tackle. If they were to go, you know, with a Brown or with a Simmons or a Jeffrey Okuda, if he's sitting there at four. You've you've got to go to day 2 to to get that that offensive tackle. You're looking at I think the 36th overall pick. Who are some guys that that you like, you know, in, in that area, maybe that 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 second group of tackles beyond, you know, what people call the big four.
3: Yeah, I think you're looking at like Josh Jones from Houston. I think he's a legitimate left tackle. Uh, I think he he should be in that conversation with those other guys. I think the only reason he's not is cuz you know, when juniors come out, the media like inevitably pushes those guys to the top of the class because they just assume they're great players because they're leaving school early. Um, so that's always, that's always the narrative is that they're a junior coming out, they must be great. But um, Josh Jones belongs in that conversation. I think he would probably be in the mix there. A guy I really like is Matt Parrott from, from UConn. Um, you know, Matt's extremely long. He's got really, really nice feet. He reminds me of DeBrickishaw Ferguson when Brick was coming out of Virginia. Uh, people in the New York area will remember him because he had such a great career with the Jets. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to go anywhere near where Brick went. I think DeBrickishaw was like the third overall pick. Matt's not going anywhere near that range. But when you just watch the college tape, they have very similar tools. So um, would I rather take a Simmons or a Brown and? and follow back up and take one of those guys early in the second That's that's what i would do um rather than in my in my opinion reach for one of those tackles um again you're not going to find a guy like Derek brown at the beginning of the second and you can make an argument off tape that the two tackles i just said are belong in that same group with those you know four guys that everyone's kind of putting up there at the top of the first round so that's the, that's the route I would go. I understand the logic of wanting to you know get an offensive lineman in there and, and help uh, support the young quarterback, which I totally get that. You got it. You got to create a good situation for Daniel Jones moving forward and give him the best opportunity to uh, to develop and and grow. Um, but I think you can do that uh, addressing it with that second round second round pick.
1: Interesting. I mean, it is a it, it's it's an interesting sort of sort of. Under underrated sort of way to go about this, especially when you consider that that Dave Gettleman has never drafted, although everybody, you know, talks about his use of the word hog mollies and, and, and all of that. He, I don't think he's ever drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. Just out of curiosity, as I'm talking about that, do you put any stock in, you know, I think he's run seven drafts and, and never done that or never traded down do you put any stock in, in, in what a GM has done in the past in terms of what he might do, you know, in the upcoming draft?
3: Uh, yeah, I think when you've, you've I mean, seven drafts is a, is, a, is a big enough number where you can, that's a big enough sample size where you can kind of pick up tendencies and, and you know, what a guy does on draft weekend. So if he's never traded down, that's, that's surprising to me. Um, to me, that would be, that might be where I would look to go. You know they've got a number of needs to fill, um, moving down because uh, those are gonna that's gonna be a coveted pick. There's gonna be people wanting to come up for guys like Brown and Simmons. So um, you know to move down and stockpile picks. That to me, honestly, that's the best route to go. If I were the Giants, I again, it takes takes two to tango. So you got to find a trade partner. Um, and a good trade partner. You don't want to give that. You don't want to give that pick away because it's a really valuable pick. But if you can find. You can buy in value there um and move back and and you know really address a bunch of needs I think that that would be probably the smartest play
1: yeah, I think it's it's one that I like. I kind of agree with that, especially if you can move back and and still stay in the in the top ten range, although I've said before if you're sitting at four and and Jacksonville will give you nine and twenty or the Raiders would give you twelve and nineteen, I think I'd take that.
3: Yeah, no. You can. You should be able to get two two long term, you know, high end starters with with those picks if you do it right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I would be working the phones heavily this next month trying to trying to, you know, see what I can get for that pick.
1: Yeah. So so let's talk about a little different uh, topic in, as it relates to the draft, and we know that we're in you know in a strange time the nfl is trying to conduct with free agency and and all of that they're trying to conduct business as usual as much as they can they want to hold the draft you know on its regular schedule although the, although it'll be different without fans and i'm not exactly sure what the format's going to be but but they want to hold it on time but there's this whole subset of of kids out there without the pro days with nfl offices shut down with travel shut down there's this whole subset of you know, late-round picks, undrafted free agents who, who aren't getting to, to sort of showcase their abilities and, and get in front of NFL teams right now. What are, are, are you in a position where, where, you, where you can try to help the, some of these kids get some attention, Jim?
3: Yeah, we, you know, we tried to do that over the weekend. Um, you know, we made an instructional video. Uh, kind of step by step, breaking it down all the way to from doing all the measurements, how to set up the drills, um, what NFL teams are looking for, how to how to film it. You know where to position cameras if you're, you know, an agent or a school trying to do this. So, we actually, had a written agent reach out this morning um, and watched it. They're having a pro day for a couple of their players this morning. Had a lot of great feedback just in less than a week. Um, we've had a bunch of people reach out saying they've used it. So, it's just our our, our way of trying to help. Um, you know, short of having a, a veteran NFL scout out there timing your players, I uh, just want to give these guys an opportunity to, uh, you know, even if even if the forty, even if teams can't get an accurate forty clock off these videos, if they know how to do the vertical jump right and the broad jump and some of these shuttles, and you can put some of the numbers, um, uh, you know, in front of these NFL teams, if we can get one of these small school guys or non-combine guys, you know signed with signed as an undrafted free agent it was it was worth doing in my opinion so uh we've had a lot of great feedback uh a lot of agents have reached out and and asked us if we could go time their players our staff can time their players and one of our scouts is doing that today uh i'm not hopping on a plane to do that uh myself i'm just i'm just gonna sit tight with my family through this thing but but we do have a couple of our, our road scouts are going to go out in time and then we put that video together. So, so hopefully it helps. And, and, you know, the other thing that's not being talked out, talked about a lot right now is, is uh, not only are the, the scouts off the road right now for this year's class, the combine scouts are also not on the road. So those guys play a really valuable role in terms of, you know, identifying players for next year and getting all that, that, you know, heights and weights and speeds for next year. Um, and they're off the road. So hopefully these small schools can use this video and can measure their players, weigh their players, time their players, um, and get that information to the NFL team so, so they will have data going into the summer because it do, doesn't look like um, you know this is going to change anytime soon. It sounds like guys are going to be off the road at least, at least through June.
1: You know, I've had a couple of people tell me that as they try to put those kinds of things together, you, you you know you do the best you can. You you put that film together. You structure it the best you can. What's your guess on on how seriously you know NFL teams will take those things or how closely they might view them?
3: Well, I mean, I don't mean to sound any certain way, but if they if they follow the guideline that we put together on our video. I mean, I've ran Pro Days for 20 years, so, you know, everything we outlined in that video and broke down really in, a, in its simplest form, step-by-step, step. If, if agents or schools followed that, um, there would be a lot of validity to it, especially with the, you know, uh, the context I have in the league, and they know that if they, they followed that. Because, I, again, I reached out to about half the league's GMs before we did it just to say, you know, is this a good idea? Would you guys use this if, you know, if the school's, followed our, our guideline and you started getting videos in, you know, would this be credible information for you guys? And they said, absolutely. That'd be a, that'd be a, you know, a huge asset for us So please do it. So, um, you know, again, I think if they, if they follow that guideline, there's no reason why teams wouldn't, when you know, see it as credible.
1: That's great stuff. I mean, there's a lot of kids out there that have put a lot of time and effort into it and, and, you know, deserve whatever opportunity they can get. So, that's uh, that's good to hear. I did have another question for you in regard to, you know, the impact on teams and and obviously we're kind of looking at a situation where there might not be a real, you know, there might not be off-season programs for these teams. And as it relates to a team like the Giants, you know, with a with a brand new head coach, you know, obviously you know, first-year head coaches generally get uh, a couple of weeks head start. Maybe they get an extra mini camp. With a team like the Giants, does it? Should we really lower expectations? Or you know, how much of a disadvantage does this does this put you know Joe Judge and his staff at in terms of of trying to get uh, trying to get a program built?
3: I think it's going to be really difficult. You know, it's definitely going to be a challenge. I think the teams that have had stability are going to benefit. Um, you know, again, I had, a, I had a chance to see Daniel Jones recently. He was down here in Mobile, Alabama, uh, training with his, with his quarterback coach. And, you know, he's going into his second year, and he felt like he made good strides. And, um, you know, I know they were really happy with him that previous half. And, uh, you know, now going into his second year, he's got to learn a different offense. And he's got to, he's got to learn a new offense without, you know, the benefit of having a full off season program, which is, which is really difficult. I mean, the development of a young quarterback, that is, that is, that is not ideal. Um, so I know he's done some things where they've gotten together with his receivers and they've thrown at Duke and they've, you know, they've done things like that. But, um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely creates a lot of challenges for a new staff and for a young quarterback. And, and, um, they're they're gonna have to be creative and figure out you know ways to get it done. It's the NFL's a end results business, but uh, I mean you'd be fooling yourself if you didn't acknowledge the fact that this is gonna be harder than harder than usual
1: for the Giants. Any idea or any guess on how the league might handle you know some of this stuff just in terms of allowing teams to communicate with players or getting them playbooks, you know while they can't while they can't get together as a team. Any, any idea how how any of that might work?
3: Well, it's, it's an extraordinary circumstance, obviously, so everything should be on the table. I mean, I'm not going to speak to what the league office will do or he's thinking about doing, but everything should – any solution should be on the table. If that – you know, when this thing passes and everyone's cleared to resume work, um, if that's, if that, you know, waiving all the, the normal CBA stuff, again, you probably have to have that passed through the, the PA, but um, waiving all those restrictions and just, you know, making it uh, – 24-7 through the start of the season so we can, you know, kind of cram and get ready. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I do, think, I do think everything should be on the table, all options.
1: Yeah, it's uh, obviously none of us have ever seen anything, anything quite like this. Jim, hey, I really do appreciate your, your spending some time with me. Always, uh, always enjoy chatting with you. Why don't you uh, you tell folks a little bit of just where they can find you on Twitter uh, and, you know, anything you've got going on at the moment.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I really, I really enjoy coming on with you. So it's fun. Yeah, Twitter handle is at Jim underscore SB for Senior Bowl. And then, uh, you know, we have, we have a lot of great content at, at uh, Senior Bowl, at, at Senior Bowl as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll be posting a lot of stuff uh, leading up to this year's draft. Um, and then, you know, really, I'm, we're going to be sprinkling in a lot of stuff for next year as well. And then once we get through this year's draft cycle, May, June, and July are going to be heavy on the class of 2021. Our, uh, our in-house staff has already started uh, working through next year's draft class. So we're already through the SEC, ACC, and Big Ten, and we're, we're on to the Big 12 and Pac-12 to finish out the uh, Power 5 conferences. So we've got a really good head start on next year. So, yeah, head to, uh, head to, head to Twitter and, and follow us, and you'll uh, be that much further ahead for, for this year's draft and next year as well.
1: All right, hey Jim, thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me on. All right, our thanks to Jim Nagy for taking some time to to spend with us, for dropping some knowledge on us. Thanks to you guys for listening again. Please stay safe. Please follow the guidelines. Do whatever you can to uh, to help this uh, to help get through this pandemic. To help us uh, us all come out the other side healthy. And, uh, and get things back to, back to normal. So we thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
2: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals,